may seem like a weird question. Have you seen yet the Avengers Infinity War movie? Seven of you. I see that hand. Just kidding. Uh, for those of the rest of you, cover your ears because maybe... No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, no uh, uh, spoiler alert here. But uh, it, it's a pretty intense movie. Um, it has, again, as the, as the credits rolled in, in theaters across the country last April, uh, folks were kind of in shock at the end of that movie. Um, and, and audiences stayed in their seats because uh, they were thinking uh, that, that maybe there was another scene that was going to come. And it's become more common, especially in the, uh, the Marvel movies, that there's this scene that comes after they start rolling the credits a little bit. Then, then another scene comes on and it, it's common in a lot of movies. I mean, even the, like the Pixar movies, they show the bloopers, right? And uh, that's always fun. Well, in the Marvel movies, usually there's this, there's this scene that comes on and, and uh, might tie everything together, add a little something to the story, and, and so it's, it's kind of come to be expected in, uh, in, in Marvel movies. And, and so uh, on April 26th of last year, in a theater in Redlands, California, it's just outside San Bernardino, uh, a, a minister named Michael Weber stood up in the dark in the theater as the credits began to roll after the Avengers Infinity War movie and most of the people had stayed in their seats, uh, the lights had stayed low, uh, they were reeling from the crazy ending and they're waiting for this bonus scene. And as they watched, they heard the voice of this 28-year-old minister saying loudly for all to hear in the dark of the theater, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? In light of past theater shootings and attacks, that cam uh, comment caused panic <laughs> and chaos. And people began running and pushing and jumping over railings and it resulted in bruises and twisted ankles and other minor injuries and Weber was charged with a misdemeanor and he told uh, the reporters that it, that will not deter his evangelizing but he might reconsider his locations, he says really happened last April. Now, I, I don't know about you, I, I hear stories like that, and you know, we, we, we laugh a little bit, but I also get, I, I just being real, I also get a little bit embarrassed uh, because I kind of take the side of the crowd, kind of like, come on, buddy, what are you, you're, yeah. What are you thinking here? I, because, and, and, and in hearing some things like that and the way folks sometimes reach out, I kind of, brings my desire to do that, to evangelize, kind of ticks it down a notch or two, right? I don't want to be associated with, with some of those methods. I mean, when we hear the word evangelism, we might, uh, we might get the, uh, the image of, uh, of street preachers or people going door to door and, and uh, knocking on their neighbor's door or maybe leaving church tracts on, uh, on the table at the restaurant. Uh, I hope we're not doing that in lieu of a tip, right? Well, I'm going to help them know how to spend eternity. I don't need to give them money for here and now, right? Now, I hope that's not the case. If you're going out to eat today, make sure you tip your, uh, your waiter or waitress. Uh, we, we might think about memorizing a script. Oh, I've got to memorize this thing and, and walk through this routine to share Jesus with people. Or, or we might even think about, uh, you know, the professionals, the evangelists, and they're the, they're the ones. Billy Graham, you know, the, the folks from, from uh, years gone by or even today. But, uh, you know, Billy Graham held his special services, his revivals and crusades, and, and it was up to the professionals to win people to the Lord, right? And, and so we think evangelism is is up to the Billy Grahams of the world. There's a story about Billy Graham that I heard uh, quite a few years ago. 
I don't know whether it really happened or not, but probably something like this. Uh, Billy Graham was, uh, was in a town for a crusade, and, and uh, in the afternoon he had, he had written a letter and uh, needed, to, needed to mail it. And so he uh, walked out and was walking around town trying to find the post office and, and, uh, and, and hadn't found the post office yet, but did see a, a young, uh, young boy uh, coming his way. And so he stopped the young man and he said, uh, can you tell me where the, where the post office is? And, and he directed him, you know, over two blocks and down two blocks, and, and there's a you can mail your, your letter there. And, and then uh, the, the, the story goes that Billy Graham uh, said to him, well, come on over to the arena tonight and I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And the boy looked at him and said, how can you know how to get to heaven? You don't even know where the post office is. In thinking about that, so I'm thinking, well, Billy probably could have told him right then, right? I mean, I'm just... So I don't, anyway, but, but that used to be how evangelism was done, right? We, we hope that the evangelist would let, tell the people how to get to heaven. And then we're kind of off the hook because we get the, the professionals to kind of take, take it uh, and, and do it. Evangelism doesn't necessarily seem to have the best of reputations. And we tend to shy away from even using that word a lot. Uh, but, but, but just because it doesn't have the best of reputation, just because uh, some people might have some weird methods, I mean, does that mean that we shouldn't do it? Or are we just doing it wrong? Uh, one thing I think that keeps us from sharing our faith with others is that we, we don't think we're any good at it. A lot of people say that, that they're just not gifted in, the, in evangelism. I don't have the gift of evangelism. And, and I can relate to you if, if that's you uh, because I don't have the gift of evangelism. God gives spiritual gifts and, and, uh, and, and maybe you're, you're aware of this, maybe not. Scripture talks about this uh, many different places about uh, when we come to Christ that, that the Holy Spirit empowers us with at least one uh, spiritual gift and for some folks, that's the gift of evangelism. Now, uh, statistics, they, you know, they do statistics on all sorts of things these days. Statistics show that about 95% of church-going Christians do not have the gift of evangelism. So I guess that means we're all off the hook, right? We don't have to worry about that, except that uh, evangelism is one of the main reasons to use whatever spiritual gifts you have. I think back to the video we saw just a minute ago uh, that, that maybe that lady didn't necessarily think she had much to offer and yet using her gifting and graces of, uh, and abilities that, that God had made her and put her together, she can use that. One primary reason to use that to, for all of the gifts that God gives to us is to draw other people to him. And that might look a whole lot different. Uh, it might not mean that you're constantly presenting the gospel to uh, the boy on the street. But, uh, but you're using how God has put you together to bring people closer to him. We'll, we'll do, go into that a little bit more. Dr. Donald McGavern puts it this way. You would misuse Christ's gifts if you use them solely for service in, to existing Christians. That is not why these gifts are given. As we see God's overwhelming concern for the salvation of people, we must assume that his gifts are given, at least in large part, that the lost may come to know him. Add to that that Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all nations in Matthew 28, 19. And, and he prayed for workers to go into the harvest fields of the world, Luke 
10 too. Jesus said that, that, that you and I are to be the, the, the light of the world, shining his light wherever we go, Matthew chapter five. He, he said that the Holy Spirit would empower us to be his witnesses in Acts chapter one, verse eight. Uh, Peter said that, that we are all to be ready to share the reason for the hope that we have in, in 1 Peter 3.15. Paul says that we are Jesus' ambassadors representing him to the world, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, over and over and over again in scripture. We cannot get away from the call, from the challenge, from the responsibility of the church, the people of God, to reach out to those who are far from God so that they can experience his love and his life and his light. We say it this way, we live to love people to life. It's not just the 5% of people that have this special gift of evangelism. We all do that in, in our own way so that we can reach out to those who are far from God. But you may say it's kind of awkward and we're not that good at it and some people don't respond well to it, so let's not, right? We don't say those things out loud Maybe I'm the only one that has had some of those internal conversations. I suggest that, uh, that, that we just get back to trying to do it naturally. Or as we have up here and over here, organically. That, that, that we're, uh, we're, we're reaching out organically. A lot of the ideas that, that I'll be uh, uh, touching on uh, this week and in a couple of weeks to come here uh, over the next few weeks uh, come from a, a great set of books called uh, Organic Outreach by Kevin Harney. And you see him up there. Uh, this the or, Organic Outreach for Ordinary People, for Families, for Churches. Uh, our church board uh, over the last six months or so uh, read this book together and we, we read it and we talked about it and we, we, uh, we part of then the outflow from that is uh, is this sermon series in letting everybody in on it. Uh, Kindle, I think it's $9.99 or less. Uh, grab, grab a copy. I'd encourage you to, uh, to, to, to read that um, because it's all about uh, organically, naturally reaching out to people. Um, everything's got to be organic these days, right? I mean, that's just, that's just the thing. Organic. Uh, it's a, it's a great buzzword. I mean, usually we're talking about food. Uh, we got to have organic food. It's the stuff that, that hasn't been exposed to unnatural elements and toxins and, and, and all those things, right? I, I've noticed, and I don't think it quite makes sense, but so it's this organic stuff that they haven't done anything to, that they haven't spent extra time and effort putting junk into, that's the stuff that costs three times the amount. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand how that all works uh, organically, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's natural. Being organic is, uh, is, is it's, it's organic because it's natural. And so if we're using the term organic when it comes to reaching out to people who are far from God, then we're simply saying that we need to do it naturally. The, the most effective way to reach anyone with the good news of God's love is when it flows naturally from us. I, I mean, we... We do that with all sorts of things. If you eat at a great restaurant, pretty soon you're, uh, it, it's going to come up in conversation. Man, I, I ate at this, this great place the other night. And, and then you talk about the atmosphere and the, and the service and, and, and what you ordered and, and what other people ordered and, and why it was such a great experience. And, and you might even invite people to go back there with you. I mean, it's, it's uh, in a very real sense, you become an evangelist for that restaurant. I, we could put it in those terms. It, because you had such a great experience, you're actually talking it up and it just naturally flows out, right? You just share it. 
Or maybe you get a good deal on a washer and dryer or you find a, a great new kind of makeup or, or you uh, finally find a dentist that can give shots without it hurting or you find a counselor that really listens and understands and over and over, you don't keep that stuff to yourself. I mean, you're naturally excited about it. So you tell the people that you're close to about what you're excited about. That's organic outreach and naturally telling those around us what we're excited about. You see, if the gospel really is good news, if, 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 we've found, if we've found the secret to eternal life, if we've discovered life, a, a, a life of joy and, and peace in the midst of the chaos of this world, doesn't it naturally make sense that we'd be sharing that with the people around us? It's just going to come out if we have that experience, if this thing is real, if this is good news. So... So I'm, through this series, I'm not going to give you a set of formulas. I'm not going to give you a script to memorize because organic outreach is going to look completely different uh, from person to person to person to person in this room. You're, you're, you're going to do it differently because you're going to do it how it naturally comes. We're not going to take a field trip to the next Avengers movie and, uh, and, and evangelize. We're not going to organize necessarily. I, today, I, I want to drill down on on why this should be coming up in our lives. And, and uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at some other aspects of this. But if, if, if it's not coming up, if, if this isn't happening organically in your life, I, I hope that these next few weeks, you'll begin to see uh, how God can and wants to and will work through you to make an eternal difference in the lives of the people around you organically. So what, what is the why? Why should we care about evangelizing? Why wouldn't we just let people figure this out for themselves? Which is kind of what uh, a lot of us do these days. We, we uh, well, you know, if they drift toward, you know, God will draw them and I don't want to, you know, step on any toes. I don't, why should we care about? Well, it all boils down to, to, to one word. The whole rest of the message today is going to be about one word and that's love. It all boils, I mean, it's, the, the gospel is all about love if you boil it down in, in and of itself. John three sixteen encapsulates it all. Uh, because God loved the people of this world, uh, yourself included, because God loved everyone so much, he sent Jesus to die for our sins, to overcome death, to provide salvation and redemption and pave the way for a relationship with God himself for all eternity because of his love. If God didn't love us, he would not have done that. It's based in God's love for us. The, the, the root, the essence. Uh, scripture says that God is love. It's not just that he loves us, but that he is at the very core. His nature, his character, his essence is love. Because, uh, Romans 5, 8 puts it, uh, puts it great. Because God, or but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The best news for all eternity, God loves you. Because he loves you, he's provided for your salvation. He's provided for a relationship with him. Uh, love is at the root of the entire gospel message. Without God's love, there wouldn't be a message. Uh, so because love is at the root of it all, love also has to be at the root of our outreach efforts. It's not about ticking off boxes or, or uh, checking off things that we do. Uh, the, our, our motivation, the bottom line, the essence of why is love in, in a variety of ways. First of all, we have to have love for God. Love God. If we're going to uh, 
If we don't have a passionate love for God, we won't care about reaching out to other people. I mean, it's just kind of that basic. If, but, but if you're living a life of love, uh, you're, you're, you're in love with Jesus, uh, that, that, that you, you have a relationship with him, then it's gonna naturally spill over. I mean, Jesus, Jesus said it's the most important thing to do as a follower of God. Matthew 22, verse 37 and 38, uh, Jesus replied, love the, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest Commandment. So if you're feeling like you're lacking in passion for outreach and evangelism, this is probably the first thing you need to evaluate. Am I really in love with God? Maybe you've drifted away over time. Or, or maybe faith for you has just been about religious activity, not a relationship with God. I mean, religious activity doesn't motivate us to reach out to other people. Uh, it feels more like obligation, and, and who would want to get excited about inviting someone else to an obligation? I'm obligated to go to this. You should be excited about being obligated too, right? We don't get excited. That, that's not how it works. It's just like when we, like, like I said, when we find a product or a service or whatever that we love, we, we share it. If, if we don't love it, we don't share it. Or we give negative reviews, right? We start to, you know, if, if it's really bad, then we get on the computer and we start typing up the negative reviews. So it, in our faith, it has to start with a love for God. If you're not wildly in love with God, if you're not finding joy and peace and satisfaction and hope in your relationship with him, you're probably not going to be sharing it. If you are, again, it's gonna be organic. It's gonna flow. So what can you do if you, if you sense your love for God is, is growing cold? Spend time with him. How do we do that? Well, through prayer, through, uh, through reading scripture, through, through just sitting and pondering deeply the love of God, through meditating on uh, spending time with his people, uh, uh, making your spiritual life a priority. I, I think we, we get so distracted and, and, and pulled away from uh, our relationship with God. It should be the most important thing. If you, if, if you feel like you, you're not excited about this whole reaching out thing, the first place to evaluate is, is my relationship with God on track? Am I, am I where I need to, am I, am I living a life in love with God? If, if not, let him resuscitate your heart for him. Love God with all you've got. The next thing we need to do is that we need to love the church. And by saying uh, love the church, I'm not saying love this building. Um, although, you know, this building's pretty cool. Except when the heater goes out, which happened a couple of weeks ago, or the, you know, whatever. No, we're not talking about a building. A lot of you invested in building this place, and so maybe we're in love with this building or this location, or maybe, I'm not even talking about loving an organization. Uh, Medina Church, of the, oh, I just love, that's my church, and I just love it. I'm not talking necessarily about that, because it's the people, it's you that make up the church. And so when I say love the church, I'm saying we have to love each other. Because if we don't love the church, why would any of our friends want to love the Lord of the church? Someone told me a while back about an experience they had when they were, uh, when we were visiting a church. They were church shopping. They had just moved to a, a location and they were, they were uh, visiting different churches. And they went to this one and, and went to the service. After the service, one of their uh, members was giving them a little tour around the building and they were just striking up conversation. And, and, and the lady giving the tour, so the member of the church who's giving the, uh, the tour to these visitors, uh, said something along these lines. Oh, and, and don't worry about our pastor and that sermon today. I mean, we're working on getting him out of here. 
That was last week, right? No, I'm just kidding. It didn't, no. It was a month ago. No, it, no. That is not a picture of loving the church well, in case you were wondering. Um, and, and those people didn't end up going to that church, uh, in case you were wondering. John th- uh, 13, Jesus tells his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Three times in those two verses, uh, a, a command is given by Jesus to his followers, love one another. We've got to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, the, the, the next verse is, is love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, we didn't read that, but then this fleshes it out even more. Uh, we, we need to love one another. Uh, he, he says that other people outside the church, other people around, different, those folks will be drawn to God if we love each other. And not just a little bit of love. Jesus says, uh, he doesn't say, love one another like you love your dog. Love one another like you love your mother-in-law, right? Love like one another like you love hummus. I mean, even if you really love, I mean, we're, we're not talking about that type of, he, he didn't say to just put up with one another. He didn't say to just not kill each other. Although we should put up with one another and we shouldn't kill each other. Okay, we, so we're on the same page here. Uh, it's so much more than that. Jesus said, love one another just as I have loved you so you should love one another. We should love the church. We should love our partners in the faith like Jesus loves us. Our love for the church should mimic Jesus' love for us. We get a little bit of an explanation of what that love should look like in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Just a couple of verses there. It describes love this way. Love is patient. Love is kind. So as I'm reading this, think about how we love each other, what this looks like in the church. Love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Tom Rainer uh, wrote these words about those verses. The principles in these two verses alone are sufficient to cause a revival in most churches, he says. We are not to love fellow members, church members, because they are lovable. We are to love the unlovable as well. We are not to pray for and encourage our pastors just when they are doing things we like. We are to pray for and encourage them when they do things we don't like. Church membership is founded on authentic, biblical, unconditional love. Jesus says, and it maybe doesn't quite see on the surface, it maybe doesn't make sense, but Jesus says that that, that if we do that, if we love people like he loves us, if we love the church, if we love each other like he loves us, then people outside are gonna notice. They'll see there's something different about you and they'll be drawn to him. So if you find yourself... your, your love for other people, for God's people, for the church, if you find that waning a bit at times, here are a few things that you can do. Maybe you want to jot these down or maybe you don't struggle with that because everyone, you are so loving to everyone around you. Pray more, criticize less. Wow, that's probably good no matter where we're at, right? Seek out people and work out your differences. Don't just ignore it or let it kind of fester. 
Focus on what holds you in common. Uh, focus on the essentials of the faith and get, don't get so wigged out about some of the, the things that maybe aren't essential for salvation. Uh, ask for forgiveness when it's warranted and grant it when it's asked for. And keep looking in the mirror because you're not perfect either. Uh, someone has said over and over again that uh, you'll never find a perfect church because people <laughs> make up the church and we're not perfect. None of us. So remember that, uh, that you're part of it and you're probably part of the problem sometimes, but we need to love each other like Jesus loves us. We have to get this right. Uh, before we ever uh, go outside and start winning the world to Christ, we've got to be loving the church. Eternity is at stake for people who are far from God if we're not doing this well. So we love God, we love the church, and then we come to loving people, loving those who are maybe not yet part of the faith. Now, notice I didn't say convert people. I didn't say judge people. I didn't say make sure that people are living right. Love people, especially people who are far from God. And I think this is where evangelism, the term, gets, gets a bad reputation because, because so many times people are treated like projects. Uh, intended or not, if, if my primary motivation uh, to know you is so that you'll buy into my faith, then it's pretty disingenuous, right? Uh, the only reason I'm building a relationship with you is so I can share what I believe and talk you into it. Put you in a headlock until you, uh, you do it, right? But if I'm building a relationship with, with people uh, based on love, that I just care about them, then my entire motivation changes. And, and uh, I mean, the, the, as a relationship develops... Uh, naturally, organically, opportunities are going to arise where you can, you're going to share out of your experience with God and your experience with the church, uh, your love for God and your love for the church, and it's going to bubble up into your relationships with those who are not yet part of the church. Uh, church growth um, consultants Wynne and Charles Arne in one of their books put it this way. There's a difference between the reason for a relationship to get a convert and the result of a caring, caring relationship, a new, uh, often a new disciple. Build your friendship with sincerity and unconditional caring. The non-Christian who perceives you as a friend is more likely to respond to Christ's love than the person who sees you as either a teacher instructing in doctrine, sin, and morality, or as a salesman manipulating them toward a decision. Many of you uh, probably at some point received a card that, that looks like this um, last, last spring, I think it was. Probably about the same time that, that there was evangelism going on in the movie theater, you were getting a card like this. Uh, five great questions to ask. Uh, if you don't yet have these somewhere, uh, jot them down because this is a, an amazing uh, filter to put our lives through. If, if we're on, on track with God, uh, these are questions to see if we're on track. How am I doing spiritually? Have I met with God today? Uh, am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Do I see Jesus in the mirror? Uh, who have I served today? And am I close to someone far from God? Uh, we've, I've got one of these on my computer monitor uh, right there in my office. And, and every day I see that multiple times a day. Uh, we've got one on the fridge at home. Uh, so every time, multiple times a day when I go to the, multiple times a day, we see, see the one on the, I think if you've been in the bathrooms in here, they're posted on the mirrors in there. Maybe you have one at home. Maybe you have several. I don't know if you need, need one, I can get you one. Uh, but these are great ways to evaluate how you're doing spiritually. And, and, and maybe you 
notice that last question, am I close to someone far from God? Some of you might have tons of people around you who, who haven't tr- yet trusted in, in, in God and his love. Others of us maybe have to be more intentional in seeking out those relationships, those opportunities. The, the point is that, that part of living life with God is letting his love bubble up organically into your relationships. And if that's happening, we need to be around people who need to hear about that. We need to have relationships with people who are far from God so that when this amazing life that we're experiencing just comes out because we're living life and we're living with God and we're living with God's people and we're excited about it and that's just gonna come out. So we need to have relationships with people who don't yet know about that so they're just gonna naturally see it in our lives and, and, and maybe they might even ask a question about it or maybe you can, can kind of uh, uh, steer a conversation by asking a question or two and, and maybe you can... You can Help them to see that God loves them too. We intentionally uh, don't necessarily have too many evangelism programs here at the church. Instead, strategically, we have, we have decided not to overschedule things to free up time for you. Not for Netflix, to free up time for you to build relationships with people outside the walls of this church, uh, to be intentional about maybe having somebody over or, or maybe doing something after work or, or, or somehow looking to see how God is leading you toward relationships with people where his love is gonna bubble up into their life and organically, naturally, so much more. So, so, much, uh, so many more people have been uh, drawn to faith in God through a natural organic relationship than through a outreach activity that the church held somewhere. I'm not saying that we won't ever do that. I already said uh, in this service today that, that uh, the tragedy and the triumph, a great place for you to bring a friend, right? So that, that'd be a, a great opportunity to do that. Every Sunday we can do that. Uh, obviously that's one opportunity that we have, but, but ultimately it's going to be through that relationship that, that comes first. The, the primary and most effective way that we have found to reach people with the love of God is through you. You all have networks of relationships through family, coworkers, and friends. And God wants to use you exactly as you are gifted organically, naturally, to show his love to them. We'll talk in weeks to come about what that can look like and ways to naturally do that and, and uh, all those kinds of things. But ultimately, I, I guess I have to ask you this favor if you don't really love people if that's not really your motivation then don't do this can I ask you that just don't just back off and let somebody else do it because it's not going to end well it's it's not going to be uh it's not going to be driven by the Holy Spirit it's going to be driven by your own uh desire for whatever I, I don't know or maybe it's an obligation well pastor said I need to to share this with you so here goes I if, you, if it's not rooted in love for people, then just let somebody else do it, okay? Wait until that develops. Uh, if, if your motive is love, then, uh, then, then do it with all your heart. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you feel like uh, you're, you need to develop in this area. 
So maybe you've got the love for God down and, and that's good and, and of course you're always developing that and going deeper with God and, and maybe you feel like, yeah, there's not any big real red flags in your relationship with people here in the church but, but you just don't necessarily have that, 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 that drive or that passion or that love for other people or maybe you even see other people and lifestyles and, and, and the sin in the world and, and we're turned off by it and we go, ah, I'm gonna go the other way. Uh, Jesus went toward it, not away from it and um, so if that's you and you're, how do I develop this love for people? Um, well, it starts with prayer. We've got to pray that God will give us a heart that beats like his heart, that beats for lost and broken people. We've got to pray that God gives that desire. We've got to pray that, that God draws us to people or draws people to us. Uh, maybe there's one or two people that, that come to mind. Maybe, maybe in this moment or maybe uh, you can spend some time uh, this week in prayer and just say, God, who is it uh, that maybe just one person, if you're praying for just one, we did that on the, on the church board and we're still doing that. And, and everyone said, well, here's one name or here's two names of people that I know in my life that, that need to love. pray with me, pray for these folks that they can come to a knowledge of God. Pray that God will give you a heart like his. Pray specifically for a, a, a one or two people as God lays them on your heart. Uh, another great thing is to, is to spend time in God's word. And if you spend any time at all in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, it's the story of Jesus over and over and over again, four different perspectives on the story of Jesus. Uh, if, if you're looking at all at Jesus' life, you're gonna see how he related to people who didn't yet know him, who didn't yet love him, who didn't yet follow him, people who were far from him. And, and looking at how Jesus did it, we'll begin to see how we could do it too. I, I think a, another thing, I think it's up there, maybe not, maybe it was, notice and, uh, and connect with people. Notice people, just be, uh, be aware that there are people around. And, uh, and, and so many times we get blinders on to what we have to do and where we have to go and when we have to be there and, and all those things are important and we need to fulfill our responsibilities. But, but who are we shutting out by not noticing and looking for ways to connect with people? Organic outreach is about love. love loving God, loving each other, and loving those who are far from God. That might sound really simple. I'm not sure we're doing it yet. I'm not sure I'm doing it yet. Loving God with all your heart, loving each other, making sure there's no offense anywhere here among us, and having a heartbeat and a passion for people that they can experience the love and the grace and the life with God that we're experiencing. We've gotta be seeking after that before we do anything else. That's kind of where the rubber meets the road. That's where, that's organic. It's gonna spring up from within, from that love that God has developed for us. Father God, we thank you for your love for us. While we were yet sinners, you sent Jesus to take care of our sin. Lord, we don't wanna keep that message to ourselves. You have, you have transformed our lives with the gospel of, of love and grace. And Lord, I, you have called us to be your ambassadors in the world where we live, to do it naturally, to draw other people uh, to you. There are some folks in our lives uh, who will be best reached by us and no one else. And so Lord, right now in this moment, we offer ourselves to you. We're, we're not perfect. We don't quite know what that's even supposed to look like. We don't have all the words to say. We won't have answers to all their questions. We, but we're willing. 
Lord, right here in this moment, right now, we're willing, we're committed to following you and to, to following you into the lives of people who are far from you. Lord, we make the commitment right now that where you lead us, we will follow. Lord, develop that love for you if it's growing cold in our lives. Stir us, resuscitate our hearts. Develop and, and take care of any conflict there might be between uh, people in the church, not just in this church, but in the church, your church, between Christians. Lord, we don't seem to do that well between denominations and between uh, different uh, places where we, uh, in different belief systems. Lord, bring unity and not division. And Lord, as we do that, you've promised to draw people to you. And Lord, I pray that we can have a love for people that goes beyond what we expect them to do or how we want them to live, but uh, that, that just goes straight to the heart of the matter, that, that loves them because you love them. Lord, stir this in all of our hearts. Help us to, to, uh, to, to see you moving and working. Lord, I'm excited about, uh, about uh, the coming weeks and the people that are, that, that are going to be drawn to you because of your people being faithful to this message to, to naturally allow you to flow through us. Lord, you've given us a mission and a purpose to love people to abundant life with you. Lord, help us to live that out. Lord, we love you. We thank you that as we go from here, we go knowing that your spirit guides and directs us as we go. We thank you for the church that, that encourages us and, and draws us closer to you. And I pray that this week that we would please and honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.